0: All right. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Before we jump into the scriptures, I just want to. So there is a proverb that is not found or not a proverb, a beatitude that's not found in the book of Matthew. And it says, blessed is the preacher that preaches quick because he'll be asked to preach again. (laughs) But that's not going to happen tonight. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So. Let's address the elephant in the room really quick, if I may. On Wednesday, I gave an illustration with a little twist to make it a little funny, and it didn't work out. So I will retire my ability to, or inability, to say something humorous during the service until the time is right for me to do it again. All right, so thank you. Now that the elephant in the room has been addressed... And if you didn't get that on Wednesday, I don't know what I could do. It is what it is, and that's all that will ever be. All right, 1967. It's not the year I was born. I was born in 1976, but in 1967, there was a man by the name of Frank Sinatra who sang a song, says My Way, and it became a pretty popular song. Tonight, I want to use a portion of that song, well, just the the idea of the title. I did it my way, which is what he says throughout that song. And I want to share something with you tonight. This is a story and a passage of scripture that we all know too well that we can recite in our sleep. Uh, So please do not check out so quickly when we get to that passage of scripture, but allow the word of God to speak some truth into your life as it did to me as I was reading this passage. The word of God is alive. And it's always speaking. It's always doing something. And the beauty of it all is that depending on whatever season, whatever situation, it always applies and hits home. And that's where I'm praying God would allow us to do tonight with his word. So I asked a question and I asked a question. Are we doing it my way? I did it my way. But that's a question. And if we would be so kind as to open your Bibles to chapter 4 of the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. As you guys are getting Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to give you guys some time in case you don't know where the Bible, the book of Genesis is found in the Bible. It says here, the last phrase of that song, for what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not. Not to say the things that, they truly fe- that he truly feels and not the words of someone who kneels. Let the record show I took all the blows and I did it my way. That's how he closes that song. And what's weird is the, la- the second to last phrase is and not the words of someone who kneels. This man did it his way. And when you look at the career of this man, I'm not going to glorify this man, but this man did everything he did his way. Some of it very sketchy. Some of it maybe he has regrets. He says, I have a few in the song. And yet, as he did it his way, he stepped into eternity. And he's facing God as he stepped into eternity. And if all he says is, God, you got to give me some credit. At least I did it my way. Not going to get you too very far. In fact, that's pretty embarrassing to say I did it my way when you stand before the Lord in his presence. Genesis chapter four. We're going to start in verse one. I was going to preach on Ezekiel chapter 32, but I didn't feel like that was the Lord's will right now for tonight. I'm sorry, another joke. Never mind. Never mind. All right. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter four, verse one, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And I love verse three in the process of time. It came to pass. That Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is that countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And I'm going to end it there, and let's pray. Father, I come before you tonight, and I thank you for your blessings, for your mercy, your kindness, and love towards us. I ask you, Father, that as we revisit this very, very, very famous passage, very well-known passage of Scripture, May we just listen to what you have for us. And I ask you, Father, to help tonight all of us accept the truth that is written herein, Lord, and to apply it in our lives. I cannot force anyone to take your truth. I cannot force anyone to accept what the word of God says. And I cannot force anyone to do it your way. But I can let them know, Father, through your word, which you have placed in my heart tonight, that there is a danger of doing it my way. And that you would help us, Father, to put aside our ego, self-righteousness, and all those things that can separate us from you and allow us to do your will your way. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we see here in this passage, again, well-known story. And it says that Adam and Eve began to have children. The first child, according to scripture, was Cain. And she thought it was the greatest thing that God gave her a man. And then she bore her, his brother Abel, another man child, and they were very happy. And I don't for most of your for the parents here. When you think about the curse that was given to the woman for what she did in regards to the sin and she was going to have pain. The pain is only for a moment. I can see I remember with the birth of my children. And then you see the joy that is on a mother's face as she begins to hold for the first time. That child that was moving all around in her belly, you know, just prior to coming out in the nine months of carrying a child. That is a beautiful thing. And we see here that God did bless. And he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply way back when in the garden. And here we go. This is what's going on. And so they have it. And yet look at verse two. So verse one, Cain is born. The first sentence of verse two, Abel is born. And then the second, the second sentence, I should say, in verse two, it says, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So I just want you to realize one thing that in the process of time in scripture, it's not one event after the other. So if we're reading that that way, the way some people believe it is, then Abel was a, a, you know, he was a sheep and he tended cattle and he was taking all of that while he was a baby. Doesn't make sense. This is why I love the scriptures, because when you think about these things and you see the reality of these things, you're seeing this is time processing, which is why when the Bible says that Adam and Eve had other children and all these things, that plays perfectly in role with what the Bible is teaching us. So I just wanted to say that because sometimes you'll hear or you'll watch some type of documentary and they're, trying to scramble this out, and it's very easy to just read the scripture for what it says and be able to obtain the necessary knowledge to know that God knows exactly what he was doing since the beginning of time. Now that that's out of the way, let's get to the message. And it says, in the process of time, it came to pass. Now, the process of time, there are many people that could say it was The process of time at the end of days could have been the end of the week, the Sabbath. We don't know. Could have been the end of the year, harvest time and all of these things. Or it could have been. But it is a some appointed time. It really doesn't matter when. It's just a matter of knowing that there was an appointed time in history, in the calendar where the Bible says that Cain brought the fruit of the ground unto the offering unto the Lord. And Abel brought of the firstling, the fat thereof. So he brought the best that he that he had. But I certainly also believe that Cain did the very same thing. What's different here, and this is where we come into some of the choices that we do in the process of our time, in the process of our journey, is to realize that there isn't a bad, well, there isn't a bad offering that we can bring unto the Lord. When we're going to bring, normally, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, you are going to bring the best that you have. But the timing of it. And the decisions for it can always cause for something wrong to happen. Why do I say that? Well, it says here that the Lord had respect unto the offering of Abel and he did not have respect unto the offering of Cain. So could it been a question? This is for us to let the I don't want John falling asleep. So I want you to start thinking, could it be that Abel was bringing An offering of thanksgiving to God for the harvest that he had. Because if you talk to people out in the world, they're saying, oh, Cain brought rotten fruit, whatever he had. I don't believe that. What I believe is could or I think could Cain have just brought an offering to the Lord of his fruit of the labor that he did as a thank you for the harvest which he had given that God had allowed him to receive. Maybe. Maybe. The only reason why I can make that assumption or the question is out there is, again, because the Lord had respect unto Abel's offering. And the respect is, was it necessary for Cain to bring a thank you offering or was it necessary to bring the offering which Abel brought is to realize, Lord, I'm a sinner. And every so often when I talk to dad and I talk to mom and I see what they did, I have to realize that I am now a sinner and I need to make that right. And he brought a sacrifice unto the Lord, the fat, which is the sheep and the, and the shedding of blood, as a sin offering, realizing that he was a sinner. You see, it's all about the decisions that we make. And so the Bible teaches us, as, go, as time is going on, as things are going through here, the Bible says that he had that respect. If you look in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, just touching on some of the verses here, there's one verse here I want to touch on. It says, by faith, okay, by faith. So this is why I'm I'm getting to where I'm getting as I'm reading the scriptures, as I'm Looking at what's going on in this first encounter of an actual offering brought by a person that we have listed in Scripture. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And the, the main point in my mind is the first two words. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And then I go back to tell you guys to think it through. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, then that means Cain's might have been excellent, just not the excellent time to give it. And it says, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by this being dead, yet speaketh. So it shows to me that there is a difference between The excellency of Cain's gift and the excellency of Abel's gift. And the excellency of Cain's gift is he did it by faith, knowing that if I do what God asked me to do, then I am covered by my sinful nature to do that covering. Cain brought the excellency of his gift. But when we look at the rest of Scripture, right, because Scripture interprets Scripture, what Cain did was more of a Thanksgiving offering. And is that, that is always needed. But when you realize that you're a sinner and you need to make an atonement for that, is a Thanksgiving gift the proper gift to give? Hmm. Hopefully, I, now I got your brains moving and you guys are not falling asleep on me. All right. So it says here, and Cain, verse 5, was very wroth and his countenance fell. It's really quick and easy to blame Cain for a whole lot of stuff, but let's just go through that possibility, the possibility that he brought the best that he had as a thanksgiving, because possibly Cain thought, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I don't need, you know, this whole covering stuff. I don't need it. I'm not as bad as my parents are. Oh, does. Do kids say that today? I'm not as bad as my parents are. Hmm. Okay, so he says, I'm not as bad as my parents are. I'm just going to give God his thankful. I'm grateful. I'm actually grateful because he allowed me to reap this really nice harvest. And my family is now fed and all of these things. And yet God didn't accept it. So and I want to parallel this with our lives. Right. I'm getting to a place here where I want us to think when God does not accept what you bring. And it's the best that you want to bring to God because you're doing it your way. Does your countenance fall? Do you get wroth with God? Or when God doesn't want to answer your prayer, at the second that you speak it, we get raw, we get, you know, mad, upset, wroth. was like he was heated, you know, his face was getting red, it was steam coming out of the top of his head, you know, his countenance fell, he had to pick it up off the ground, all of those things. He was really upset. And he was upset because could have he brought the best that he had. But it wasn't what God asked him to bring. And as we began this missions month and we're thinking about all the things that God is doing and and people that we will speak to across the nations. And then we're trying to figure out, God, I want you to work for me. I want to do something. I want you to use me. But will I get to be used by God my way or Yahweh? Very interesting. Very interesting. So his countenance fell. And the Bible says that the Lord now, in his merciful kindness, has a conversation with Cain. And he says, Cain, why are you so mad? Bro, what's really going on? Why are you so mad? I don't believe God said bro to Cain, but, you know, who knows. And it says, why is that countenance fallen? Look at verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. But wait. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, says he brought a more excellent gift. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't oversay things and God doesn't say one thing in one place and another thing in another place. He is very, God is very congruent with what he says. Everything works perfectly. So he says that Cain brought a more excellent gift. And the Bible says that God is speaking to Cain and says, well, why are you so mad? What's got you so upset? And he says, if thou do as well. And this is, again, where I come to the idea is Cain brought a living sacrifice, the best that he had as a sin offering. And he's bringing a thank you gift, which is all of the you know, things of his harvest. And God says, if thou do as well, shall thou not be accepted. He had a choice to make. He knew he was going to come before the presence of God. And yet he chose to do it his way. And when he chose to do it his way, God does not accept what he's doing. And what does he get? Upset. He gets upset. And how many times do we do the same thing? If we're honest with each other, we want to come to God. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do all these, but I want to do it my way. You know, I don't want to do it God's way. Because God's way might mean that I have to sacrifice my ego. God's way means that I have to be selfless and I'm selfish. God's way means that I got to think of others before and, and greater than myself. I can't do that. I'm too important. I'm too important. And God has blessed me. Look at this. I have all of this harvest. I'm being blessed. So why can't I come to God my way? Why do I have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Why do I have to be redeemed by the blood of this lamb? Why can't I just come to God by my good works? Why can't I just come to God by trying the best that I can? And when I get to heaven and he sees me and he sees Brother Fetterman, he's going to see that I am way better than Brother Fetterman. So he's going to let me in and push Brother Fetterman out. Because I do better works than him. I'm a better person than he is. That's trying to get to heaven my way. That's trying to get to God my way. Or if we want to get a little spiritual. Oh, I pray and I fast and I do all these things and I preach and I sing and I clean. and I do all these things. I am way too spiritual. And so when I come to God, God has got to accept me on the merits of my Spirituality. Because ain't nobody better and more spiritual than me. As nice as that sounds, and as Christianese as that can seem to many people, it's still coming to God my way. And when God calls somebody else who's more humble, and when God starts to use somebody else, that everybody was like, wow, I didn't know that God could use that person. I was thinking it's Adam because Adam's the goat. It's because I'm doing it my way. And it's not God's way. So any offering that we bring to the Lord, anything that we have to come before the Lord, we have to check ourselves before, at the door, and say, Lord, is this what you're really asking me to bring? Is this what you're asking me to sacrifice? Is this what you want me to do? Because if you look at Scripture... Again, Hebrews eleven four says that it's just a more excellent gift. So he had an excellent gift. But was it what God asked him to do? Cain did it his way. Abel did it God's way. What way are you doing? And everything that God is asking you at work, are you doing it your way or God's way? When you're at home, are we doing it our way or God's way? When we're with family, are we doing it our way or God's way? And so the Bible says that his countenance fell and the Lord is talking to him. And he says, and if thou doest well, right? Oh, let me go back to seven. If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted. So God is not looking for the sacrifice. God can care less about the sacrifice. He says later on in one of the prophets, I'm tired of your sacrifices. What is it that God wants? Anybody? It's not sacrifices but what? Obedience. obedience. So from the very beginning, God is saying, it's not so much the sacrifice is your obedience to what I'm asking you to bring. Cain was not obedient. He brought what he wanted. He did it his way. And because he did it his way, no acceptance. Verse 7, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Very interesting. So if he did good and he obeyed God and, and did as God asked him to do and not what he thinks God wanted him to do, he would have had acceptance. Countenance would not have fallen. He would not have been mad. And then what happens later on would not have happened. It would have been a mute story. Wouldn't even have it in the scriptures. But because he wanted to do it his way, he gets upset with God and then he gets upset with his brother because somebody has to pay the price. When God doesn't want to do what I want Him to do, somebody's got to pay the price. And because I can't stand up to God, what am I going to do? I'm going to get upset with those that are in my home, right next to me. And I'm going to get really nasty to those people all around me. And then I'm going to look and I'm going to see that God is blessing my brother for doing it right. I'm bringing what I wanted, and it was good. To all estimations, it was an excellent gift, but not what God wanted. So then I'm going to get mad at my brother, and I might not kill him physically, but then I cut him off, no communication, no fellowship. Then all of a sudden, when I'm around people that I like, I was like, hey, guys, I want us to pray for brother. I'll use Brian again because it's my brother in the Lord. Let's pray for brother Brian because he's really dealing with some stuff. He's in sin, and we start saying, Let's pray for him, which is really not praying, it's just gossiping. And we try to murder him that way. But the Bible says, and I know that this is a little bit on the tough side, and I was wrestling with this. But it's good for us to understand, and it's good for me to understand, that if I am going to come before the Lord, I have to do it his way and not mine. If I want to be successful, if I want to be accepted, I have to do it the Lord's way. The Bible is full of cause and effects. We learned it this morning. Cause and effects. If you do this, this happens. If you do that, that happens. And so if we do it the Lord's way, we do find acceptance, but it is only the Lord's way. And we're living in a time where so many people are saying, I'm going to do it my way. I can go to the Lord based on my good works. I can go to the Lord based on my religious hypocrisies. I can do all of these things and get accepted by the Lord. And I can give money because, bro, I can give money and I can do all of these things for the Lord. But it's not what God, it's not the way God asks us to serve. It's not the way God, not that those things are bad. I'm not condemning any of that. But what I am condemning is the attitude that we have when we come before the presence of the Lord. Just like, if you give me a second to give an example, if I have something against Brian, and I come here and I kneel down and I start praying, and I pour my heart, my heart, and I mean I pour my heart unto God, and I have a problem with my brother, there is nothing God is hearing. It's like the teachers in peanuts. And you're talking away, and all God is hearing is wah, 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 wah. Why? Because Jesus himself says that if I have something against my brother, leave the gift there, go make. Change, right? And and repent and make amends and then come back and give your gift. Why? Because that's the only way God is going to hear. He wants us to do it His way. His way. No joke in that one. Praise the Lord for that. Now, the Bible says that if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. So the choices that we make produce an outcome. If I do it God's way, then all of a sudden I'm accepted there is nothing lying at my door because I have acceptance. I have closed the door to sin and the devil waiting. But if I do wrong, the devil who is slick is going to do like a lot of Jehovah Witnesses do, put their foot in the door before you're trying to close it, you know, to continue to speak or whatever it is that they do, people do. And it says that sin lieth at the door. And unto thee, Shall be his desire. He's telling Cain, Cain, you have the chance. This is the long sufferingness of God, too. He says, You have the chance, even after doing a boneheaded move of giving me what you thought was good and what you wanted to, you didn't do what I wanted to, I'm giving you another chance. But you have to decide. And everything in life, family, is a decision that we make. And every decision that we make has an outcome. Am I going to play, you know, like that game of one foot in church and one foot in the world? It's up to you. God is not going to tell you, God is not going to force you to serve him. That's one thing I know. God has never forced me to serve him. But he will let me reap out of the things that I have done. And I have done some boneheaded things. And I've reaped those boneheaded decision results. And I know what is to do right and to be accepted. But when I don't, he even still gives, as we see here, the opportunity for each and every one of us to decide, what am I going to do? I did it my way. I don't like it. I'm mad, kicking rocks and all of that. And you're going upset, looking who to devour. But God is like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. If you do right, you'll be accepted. And if you don't, sin lieth at the door. And it says there, and unto thee shall be his desire. Sin Is desiring to get you. And every choice we make, we either open the door or close the door to that desire of sin to get you. And look at what God says And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So sin is trying to get you. When you do it your way and all these things and you still haven't repented, sin is knocking at the door that, oh, hey, I see you got some space for me. Does he? Does he? It's up to us. We have to choose. We have to choose. Young people, you have to choose. Middle aged people, you have to choose. Somewhat older people, you have to choose. You have to choose. And the Bible says because of what he did, sin lieth at the door. And he says, but, and wants you, really wants you really bad because he wants you to do something wrong. He wants you to continue in that in that filth of doing wrong. But God says you have the ability, you have the ability to choose. And what does Cain do? In one ear, out the other. He goes on to kill his brother. And it says in verse 8, And Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field. That wasn't just they did the sacrifice, and then they were in the field automatically. It simmered a little because he opened the door to sin. And that sin started to simmer in a little bit. And that sin started to simmer in a little bit. You know? And it could be a whole number of things. I don't want to I don't want to be subjected to just one type of music. I want to be free to listen to what I want. I don't want to be subjected to one type of viewing. I want to view whatever I want. Paul says that I'm free to do whatever I want. I'm free in Christ. I got liberties. Don't tell me what to listen to. Don't tell me what to watch. Don't tell me where to go. Don't tell me how to talk. Those are the choices Cain was making. Why? Because instead of listening to God, giving him yet another chance, he opened the door to sin and sin with his desires consumed him. And he went on to do something very horrible. And many of us, as we open a door, if we're not careful and not coming to God his way and doing it Yahweh and not my way, then all of a sudden we let that sin come into our hearts and our minds and we begin to do things And to process things and to allow things in our lives, in our minds and in our hearts. And then when we find ourselves, well, how did I get this far? How have I come this far from walking with the Lord? You know why? Because you open a door by coming to God your way and not God's way. You open a door to those possibilities by sacrificing of yourself so that you can gain the applause of God. And how many of us want the applause of God? We all do. But the way to get it is not by doing it my way or your way. It's by doing it God's way. Job chapter 22. The Bible says Job spoke in chapter 21. And the Bible teaches in chapter 22. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, verse 2. Can a man be profitable unto God as he that is wise may be profitable unto himself? Hmm. So when I'm looking to bring this stuff before the Lord, and I want to do it my way, I'm bringing a thank you gift when he wants a sin offering. Can God be, can I, can a man, can you be profitable unto God as he that is wise is profitable unto himself? Verse three. Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that thou art righteous? Or is it gain to him that thou makest that way perfect? Will he reprove thee for fear of thee? Will he enter with thee into judgment? And then verse 5. Is not thy wickedness great and thine iniquity infinite? Why? Because as Job is defending himself, Eliphaz now, this doesn't correlate good with Job because Job was actually right, but it correlates with us because many times that's how we feel. God has to ask me permission. He's gonna come to judgment with me. He has to communicate to me because I'm all that I am, and that's all that I am. And God is saying, Is not thy wickedness great and thy iniquity is infinite? Why? Because we continuously want to do it our way and then we get pompous. It's like, well, now the Lord has to come to me and we have to come into this fellowship and if it doesn't happen this way, then it doesn't happen at all and it's always all my way and not God's way. And we see here again, sin is lying at the door and I hope that tonight all of us Because this is not a children's problem. This is not a teen's problem. This is not a young adult problem, not a middle-aged problem, or senior saint's problem. This is all our problems. As long as we're in this flesh, we're going to have problems. And as long as you continue to fight against yourself, this is going to be an issue of choosing to do it my way or God's way. Now, I want to get to heaven. I really do. I want to get to that place where I'm at the feet of my Lord and finally be at rest. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a better amen? Amen. If you want to be with heaven, can you do a little better than that? There we go. So if we all want to do it, how do we get to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. There was a young rich man who comes before the presence of the Lord while he was on earth and says, Lord, Rabbi, I kept all the commandments. I'm pretty good. What must I do then? I kept all the commandments. What else do I got to do? And the Bible says Jesus loved this kid and this guy, right? The Bible says Jesus loved him. He was like, well, all right, since you kept all the commandments, you did everything right. Sell everything that you have. Take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says that this man, who was wealthy, left the presence of the Lord sad because he had much stuff. He had to choose. Even though he was doing things right, God, Jesus didn't say, whoa, 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 you, you ain't doing nothing. You're doing a couple of things. No, he didn't fight this young man. But he said, take up your cross and follow me. And he left because he had a lot of stuff. He was upset. And we know what happens. Many times we are so consumed by the stuff that we have, by the abilities to give to God, when God only wants us to obey. Every decision that we make, every battle that we fight, everything that goes on in our lives, God is saying, just obey. Just obey. And if I want this from you right now, just give me what I'm asking for. Nothing more, nothing less. Just give me what I want. Obedience. Obey. Which means if God says, Adam, stand here and just stand here. Don't do nothing else but stand here. And tell people Jesus is coming, nothing more, nothing less. And I start going this way. And I start spitting out Bible verses and I start doing all of this. I'm outside of God's will. I'm doing what God asked me to do. Right. He has called all of us to preach the gospel to all the nations. But God is telling you, Adam, just stay right here. And if I am not here and just telling people Jesus is the way. I'm out of his will. I'm now in my strength. And I ask to apply this to our lives. How many times? And, And I'm going to tell you the truth. I have to check myself. I'm not telling you something that I don't have to experience myself. I'm not telling you something that I don't have to struggle and fight with myself. I have to check myself time and time again. What are the motives for the things that I am doing? And who am I really doing them for? I could be doing so much in the name of the Lord... And doing absolutely nothing for God. Because I'm doing it my way. And I have to constantly check myself against that barometer. Am I doing what God is asking me to do? It might not be as so flamboyant and so out there and lavish as someone else. I cannot do it as Pastor Chris does it, or Pastor Roland, or I can't do it as someone else. That doesn't matter. God is saying, just obey. And when I ask you for something, give it to me. And be willing to sacrifice what I'm asking you to sacrifice. Hebrews 11 says that Abel did it by faith. By faith. Believing and trusting that doing it God's way was going to yield something better for him. Abraham did the same thing when God says, give me your only son. The one that you love. The one that you love. And he did it. And it was because he believed God that it was accounted for him as righteousness. He didn't have to do in the sense of all of these Christian things to do, all of these God-fearing things to do, the moment that he began to fully obey God, God started opening doors for him and started allowing him to experience a more fullness and more rich relationship with God and a more full life by just obeying. And if you know the life of Abraham or anyone in Scripture, if you know mine, and if you should know your own life, we do many mistakes, Many wrong choices. And yet God always says to us, that second chance at life, that second chance at an opportunity, like he says to Cain in verse seven, if thou do as well, shalt thou not be accepted. Sin lieth at the door. It wants you. It wants you really bad. Church, sin wants you really bad. Young people, sin wants you really bad. But you get to choose. You get to choose. And tonight... I want everyone to soberly, seriously, no jokes, no nothing, consider, am I giving God what he wants or what I want? Faith promises, is it just a number? Or is it being directed by God to give for the missions and the work of God across the entire world? When it comes time to tithe, same thing. Is it I'm just going to give God what I want or do I give God what he's asked me to do to be obedient? When God moves me to talk to someone, am I doing it because I want to be seen as, you know, the big man in church? When I see someone new come in, am I like a pit bull running to them first before all of y'all? Because I want you all to see me say, hey, man, Adam's a soul winner. Or am I going to do it God's way? I have to ask myself that question and I humbly ask you that same question as we go forth this week, as we look at our lives moving forward for this new year, as we look at our lives moving forward in regards to what God may or may not ask. He may or may not ask, but when he does, are you willing to do it your way or are you willing to do it God's way? If we look at the testimony of Scripture, my way, if you see, especially what Frank Sinatra says in that song, there's a lot of bumps and a lot of bruises and a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have done. A lot of things that he had to it says eat out and spit out, all of those things. But he did it his way. A lot of bumps and bruises. And I'm not one to tell you how to get to Christ. I'm not here to tell you exactly what you need or how you need to live. It's a matter of you making that choice. In your journey, what choices are you making? In your journey, what decisions are you allowing? Are you allowing to them be the decisions you want? Because come what may, I'm going to get it done. And somehow down the road, everything will clear up. Never works. Never works. Sin lies at the door. And it's desiring you. Once you open that door, it's going to consume you. Because it did for Cain. It consumed him to the point where he looks at his brother with anger, hatred, and in the field, he kills his brother. He kills his brother. And so for us, what choices are we going to make? How do you want to live this year? How do you want to make yourself available to God? Am I going to simmer in despair because my brother did it better than I did? Am I going to start to hate, have bitterness, anger, all of those things? Am I going to look at God and like uh God isn't that fun? There's so many rules. And there's so many things you can't do. God isn't fun. God's not worth it. I'd rather do it my way. And somehow along the way, maybe I see God, maybe I don't. But I'm just going to be about me. It's me, all about me, and that's all that would ever be. And I'm telling you that if that is your attitude tonight, you're walking into danger. And I'm not telling you what to do, how to think, or how to live, but I do want to warn you that that attitude is going to lead to danger. But if tonight you choose, and you might not be the worst Christian in the world, that's okay, that's me, I'm the worst Christian in the world. But then start thinking, from tonight on, and for this week, I want to make the choices to do it God's way, which means when somebody that I love that lives with me in my home has a bad attitude, I'm not going to get bitter and I'm not going to get upset. If somebody crosses me, maybe I have to give benefit of the doubt and forgive. If I'm dealing with something, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. Not too long after I got saved, and I'll close with this. I'm going to close my Bible to make sure you guys believe me. After I got saved, not too long after, the Lord was really pressing on my heart to make a decision. And it's not been easy. It wasn't easy because I had to deal with a lot of pain. I had a lot of reasons. But I had to close the door to that sin in my life. And still struggle with it here and there. But I had to close the door and I had to go to someone who hurt me. And ask that person to forgive me. And the person said, thank you. I forgive you. And I was like, wow. If you only knew that you were the one that was hurting me. The reason why I was the way I was was because it's your fault. He said, Thank you. All right. Where I struggle is not asking the forgiveness. Where I struggle then is every decision I make when I see this person how am I going to treat him? How am I going to look at this person? That's a decision I have to make. And I have to close the door to that sin. Maybe it's your cell phone, maybe it's a computer you got to make a decision. Am I going to close the door to that sin? Maybe it's something you're listening to or someone you're listening to. Are you going to close the door to that sin? Are you going to do it your way? Or are we going to try by the mercy of God to do it his way? And you might say, well, Adam, I don't have enough strength. I'm not capable enough. I'm not like you. Trust me. You don't ever want to be like me because I am as weak as they come. But the same promise that God said to Paul, the apostle, he makes to us. Paul goes before the Lord and is like, Lord, I got this infirmity. Some people think it was his eyes. I don't know. Could have been, could not been. It could have been something worse than his eyesight. And he says he goes to the Lord three times. And after three times, the Lord says what? My grace is sufficient for thee. Church. When you're making these choices and you're trying to shut the door to sin or trying to shut the door to your way and open the door to God's way, understand that God's grace is sufficient for his power is made perfect in your weakness. In your weakness. Then he goes on to say in another passage of scripture that I can do all things through Christ. A lot of people like to cut that part off. I can do all things. It's through Christ. So the choice is yours. Are you going to continue to follow in the footsteps of a man who did it his way? And come up, may he's going to deal with whatever it is that comes his way. Or are you going to avoid heartaches? Are you going to avoid headaches? Are you going to avoid pain unnecessarily and do it God's way? And I tell you that if you do it God's way, there is no better freedom from your heart and your mind than to do it God's way. I tell a young man that I love so much that I bless him with my own name, that I desire for him to live a Psalms chapter one type of a life. That is my prayer for him and for every young person in here. Why? Because you avoid unnecessary heartache, unnecessary pain. May every young lady here today or every just every woman, period. Every man just want to desire to live a Psalms chapter one. Every woman like to live a Proverbs 31 type of a woman and see God glorify himself in you and through you and all around you. Now, choosing to do God's will, his way will cause for us to suffer. We will suffer. There may be a point that in this decision making, you may say, Lord, why am I going through all this? God said this this road is not going to be easy. God promised that this path and this journey was not going to be easy. But you know what he said? I will be with you. That means that the fullness of the Godhead bodily, which is Christ Jesus says, I will be with you. So as I go in Christ, I have the fullness of God. But the requirement to receive that church family is if you do it God's way and not your way. So please, if you would, bow your heads. Brother Defoe, if you can play an invitational I'll ask Pastor Chris to come up. I don't know where we are in our journey right now. I don't know where we are in our lives right now. I don't know what you're struggling with. And to be honest with you, I love you all, but I don't care. The only one who does and has the power to make any change is God. I'll let Pastor Chris here finish the invitation, but please reason out with God and may it be his way and not your way.